What are the biggest privacy concerns of 2009, and what privacy trends are we looking at going into 2010? Hi, this is Tom Field, Editorial Director with Information Security Media Group. We're talking today about privacy concerns, and we're talking with Trevor Hughes, the Executive Director of the International Association of Privacy Professionals. Trevor, thank you so much for joining me. Hi, Tom. Good to be here. Trevor, just to set things up for people that, that might not know as much as they should about their organization, would you tell us a bit about the, the, the organization and your role there? Sure. The International Association of Privacy Professionals is the world's largest organization representing people working in the relatively new fields of privacy and data governance. Uh, our website is privacyassociation.org. We've been around for nine years, and I serve as the executive director for the organization. So, Trevor, what have been the biggest privacy concerns that your group has been tracking this year? You know, it's a, it, it's, it's a good question and a challenging question because there is not one thing that we have been tracking. One of the interesting things about privacy is that it is a multifaceted issue, and um, many, many topics go under the broad headline of privacy. So in 2009, our organization has certainly seen areas flare up, um, but generally I would remark on the, the broad rise of privacy um, across industries, across jurisdictions, online, offline. Um, and we've seen this, this wave grow and grow and grow across all of those areas. There have been a few flashpoints, though, certainly online advertising and behavioral targeting, um, smart grid technologies as utilities try to put more data functionality into the provision of those utilities. Um, GPS and location-based targeting has been very hot. Uh, employee privacy has been very hot. And then, of course, cloud computing. Um, as more and more data moves into the cloud, that raises enormous privacy issues for our members. What would you say, Trevor, are the biggest trends that you're tracking as we go into 2010, which, frighteningly enough, is about six weeks away? I know. <laughs> uh, it is coming quickly. Uh, there are a number of trends that we see. I, I, I think the, the mega trends, if you will, are that there is more data and more uses for data every single day. It is almost cliche to reference Moore's Law these days, but Moore's Law is in fact in operation. Um, we see processing power increase every single day. And Moore's Law doesn't tell us that processing power just increases. It also suggests to us that more data flows through all of those, uh, all of those chips, all of those systems. Um, so we are seeing more and more data used in more and more ways every day. We're also seeing more and more data stored and maintained and kept for longer periods of time. All of that adds up to greater privacy concerns, greater risks, um, bigger risk management issues for organizations. And um, it, it certainly has been the case that every day we open the paper, we see a privacy story right now whether it's an organization that's done something wrong, a breach that has occurred, some new technology that is challenging uh, our norms, our expectations with regards to data. Um, so uh, without answering a specific single trend for 2010, I think the, the big trend, the, the very broad perspective that I see is that the the use of data will continue to increase, the amount of data will continue to increase, 
and, um, and, and the privacy issues, therefore, will also continue to increase. You know, it occurs to me, Trevor, I've asked you your perspective on what these issues are, but I haven't really asked you what the organization's role is in, in tracking these issues and, and following up on them. So you, you've outlined the concerns of 2009 and what you're looking at at 2010, but what really is the association's role in these issues? Sure. So I, one of the things that's important to know about the IATT, we are a not-for-profit professional association, and we are also not an advocacy organization. So we don't take positions on uh, the policy debates that currently occur on privacy. There's many organizations that fill those roles. What we do is serve as a big tent where those issues can be debated. So we are agnostic, if you will, on privacy issues. Um, what, what we try to do is educate our members on, on the emerging technologies, the privacy issues associated with those technologies. And we do that in ways that most professional associations do that. We uh, have very large conferences the IATP Global Privacy Summit occurs in April next year in Washington, and we're expecting up to 2,000 people at that event. We publish a daily email newsletter um, for all of our members. That goes out to about 13,000 people every day. Um, we, uh, uh, we publish a monthly newsletter. We do many, many things to try and keep our members on top of these issues. One of the really exciting things is that we are always on the leading edge of these issues because privacy is usually the first public policy issue to flare up, the first real risk to flare up as a new data-driven technology emerges in the information economy. So we have a lot of fun um, being able to work uh, right on the front lines of some of these issues without actually having to uh, pick up weapons and, and fight the public policy battle. Now, interesting that you mentioned public policy because one of the things that we've seen over the life of your organization is a number of individual states have enacted privacy legislation, and then that number grows each year. There's a lot of discussion about privacy legislation nationally. What do you envision happening on a national scale, if anything? Um, it's difficult to predict what will happen, um, but, I, but I can certainly predict that something will happen. Um, I think it's fair to say that privacy is an unsettled area of law, particularly in the United States. In other areas of the world, um, while not completely settled, there are broad-based privacy laws that at least attempt to apply to broad marketplace uses of data. We don't have that in the United States. We have a more sectoral approach to privacy. And that has opened the doors for the states to be very active incubators on privacy laws. A really good example of that is um, the entire class of privacy laws related to notice of security breach. That started in California in 2003. Um, a bill, SB 1386, was our first notice of security breach law. And that I idea has really caught um, across the country. And we now have over 45 state laws uh, focusing on notice of security breach. There's been a significant federal debate as to whether we need a federal law that would preempt those state laws or supplement those state laws. And we have seen in some specific areas, healthcare, financial services, uh, where notice of security breach has actually uh, been implemented at a federal level. But as to a broad federal privacy bill, that's a really heavy lift, I think, for Congress. Um, and as we all know, Congress is, is a bit focused right now on, on the financial crisis and health care. 
So uh, certainly through the remainder of 2009, I think it's unlikely that we would see broad-based privacy legislation in the United States emerge. We may see bills emerge in areas uh, related to online advertising or online privacy more broadly. Um, and in 2010, um, I certainly think that the debate will occur. We know that there are hearings coming up just this week um, on, on privacy and those sorts of things, hearings, uh, roundtables with the Federal Trade Commission, those will sort certainly be happening as well next year. But as to whether we will see um, uh, national privacy legislation, I, I would have to say the crystal ball is pretty cloudy on that, and, and it's, uh, it's, it's a little unclear whether something like that would actually gain traction. Now, you mentioned legislation elsewhere in the world, and I think that's an interesting point. What types of privacy legislation has emerged that we in the United States really should take note of? That's a very good question. And I, 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 would, I would start my answer by saying one of the dynamics that has emerged over the past 10 years has been a, a collision of sorts between globalization and the, the rise of the information economy. And those two things have put enormous strains on our prior jurisdictional approaches to, uh, to law. So if you think about the Internet, let's say, um, data can flow anywhere at any time um, with very, very few limitations. Um, add to that the idea that in a globalized economy, it's just as easy for me to visit a UK website or a South African website or a Japanese website as it is any other website in the world, and I may in fact do business with any of those websites. Add to that the fact that when I call customer service, I may be talking to someone in India or Eastern Europe or Arkansas. Um, we are seeing real strains on our traditional legacy-based approaches to to national jurisdiction and the application of national law. Um, that has raised a number of issues for us around the world. So I think the United States is finding that, that our lack of broad-based privacy legislation is serving as a barrier to data flows around the world. In fact, in the European Union, um, data flows are restricted out of the European Union unless the country to which the data is flowing is deemed to be adequate under European Union privacy law standards. Well, guess what? The United States is not deemed to be adequate because we don't have a national privacy law. That has resulted in us needing to create many, many patches or bridges for data to flow from Europe to the United States, and certainly that's a very big topic for our members at all of our conferences and in our publications. So I think things like that, uh, those bridges, those patches, those ways to resolve jurisdictional challenges will continue to emerge as we look around the world. Um, I think we will also see um, uh, flare-ups on certain issues. It's, it's been curious. Uh, you know, the United States, I, I would, would say, is ahead of the rest of the world in dealing with online advertising. So much of the world looks to the United States for leadership on privacy issues with online advertising. Similarly, the United States introduced notice of security breach legislation, so it has been a model for the rest of the world on that. We have seen, however, Canada take a real interest 
in social networking sites and really put pressure on the privacy tools on those social networking sites. Uh, we've seen Switzerland just recently look at uh, things like Google Street View and challenge the use of Google Street View from a privacy perspective. So we'll continue to see those, those flashpoints around the world where individual jurisdictions um, show some leadership. But at a broad level, I think the, uh, the big trend is that um, we will continue to see tension with privacy standards that differ in various jurisdictions. Trevor, just a couple more questions for you. One, just going in a different direction altogether. As you look at businesses and government agencies and institutions within the United States, where do you find them currently to be most efficient when it comes to protecting privacy? You know, it's a, it's a tough question. Um, companies uh, are, I think, desperately trying to do the right thing. The challenge that we face particularly in the United States, is that um, this is not a stable area or a predictable area. And so it's difficult to know sometimes exactly what the right thing is. One of the interesting things about our members, we have 6,300 members in 51 countries around the world, is that they're not all lawyers. They're not all compliance professionals. In fact, they've got to have other skills, um, uh, really utility infielder type skills, um, because there are enormous amounts of gray area out there right now. And not only do we not have good solutions to the technologies and business models that, that exist today, but every new technology, every new business model, every new use of data creates even more challenges and more unanswered questions for us. So I would say that it's not so much a deficiency, it's just the nature of the marketplace today that the issue of privacy is, is, is incredibly in flux. And it is difficult for organizations to manage that risk without professionals who actually are on top of the debates, on top of the laws, on top of the discussions that are happening around the world. Um, so if there was any deficiency, it's those organizations that have not put professionals in place to start dealing with this. Uh, companies that think they can just slap a privacy policy onto a website and call it a day um, are, are woefully ill-informed of the needs of, of uh, our current environment with, with regards to privacy. Well, that's a great segue into my final question, which was certainly there are, are growing opportunities for, for professionals in privacy. What advice would you give to somebody that's looking to enter this field today and focus on privacy in their career? Uh, well, it's a bit of a softball, so thank you, Tom. I think the first thing is um, they should become part of the community that, that is the profession, and um, certainly in the United States, that's the IAPP, the International Association of Privacy Professionals. But, you know, more than that, I, I, I would say that that understanding that being a privacy professional or working in the field of privacy doesn't necessarily have to mean that you leave your current role. If you are in the IT industry, you are going to be a smarter IT professional, you are going to be more mobile, better paid, more valuable to your organization if you understand privacy. In many ways, this is like information security 10, 15 years ago when people were talking about baking it into systems as opposed to bolting it on after the fact. 
Well, if you've got enough privacy knowledge in your head to ask the right questions, you're going to be able to bake those solutions into whatever it is you're working on. Whether or not you are the chief privacy of an organization is not necessarily the right question. It's do you have enough knowledge of privacy so that you can add value to the processes, to the business models, to the business development cycles, the product development cycles that your organization is in, um, so that you stay out of trouble in the future. Um, and I think there are some very, very clear ways to do that. Get yourself trained. You can consider certifications like the Certified Information Privacy Professional, CIPP. There's even an IT version of that certification. Um, and really diving into the flow of information that exists on privacy today will help increase someone's awareness. And uh, whether they want a full-blown career in the field or still adding about 100 members a month and even in the last 12 months with the terrible financial crisis that we've gone through, uh, we grew by over 20% in, in, in uh, membership numbers. Um, uh, whether or not you're going to be a full-blown privacy professional um, is, is almost beside the point. Understanding privacy, I think, is increasingly going to become a business imperative for just about everybody out there. Well, Trevor, you've been an eloquent spokesperson, and I appreciate your time and your insight today. Thanks so much, Tom. This is great. We've been talking with Trevor Hughes, the Executive Director of the International Association of Privacy Professionals. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much.